on the next episode of Sip Suds and Smokes. It's going to be talking about vermouth. We're going to cover a bit of some background on this misunderstood wine-based beverage and our favorite cocktails using vermouth. So we have the 50-50 martini, uh, the classic Negroni. Yes. The Marianito. Ooh. Yeah, I did it. We have a Vucare. Almost. <laughs> An Aborto Viejo. And um, you might call it being held at gunpoint, but Barger's <laughs> calling it a green point. Green point. <laughs> Well, there you have it. So uh, we have a a wide range of vermouth-forward cocktails to go through today. So we're going to talk about the vermouth mostly as we go through this discussion. We'll be right back after this break. live from the dude in the basement studios why because that's where the good stuff is it sips suds and smokes with your smoke and host the good old boys It's sipping time. Hey, welcome to this sips episode where everything good in life is worth discussing. We're usually the best thing on at 2 a.m. And we thank you for choosing us instead of whatever BBC program is probably on discussing the, you know, the uh, shortage of shammies. <laughs> the, the shortage of shammies. Baby formula. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Supply chain woes with the shammies. No, 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 no. Wait, I have the perfect show. It's called The Thought Show on the BBC, covering riveting stories of man spreading in, in Russia. Yes, this is a real program. So <laughs> go ahead. There's an Instagram uh, for man spreading in Type New York. that into your favorite search <laughs> engine. It comes on before and I after Dr. Who. Even include the link <laughs> to the BBC program. All I have to say is, Dude, you are bored on the subway. That's all I have to say. Don't bust the queen. <laughs> well, I am uh, your host of this sh- uh, particular episode. Good old boy Mike. Joining me is good old gal Juliana. Hey, everyone. She's not used to sitting in her own studio and not being the hostess. Nah. With the mostest. <laughs> Boss gal- is taking over. Oh, what? <laughs> good old gal <laughs> Carrie Ann. I'm not taking over. I am. <laughs> I, I, I had no doubt about Hi. that. Help. <laughs> Good old boy Barger is joining us. What's up, everybody? Yes, he's the slow one. And it's going to- <laughs> I rode the short bus in this morning. It's fine. Yeah, that's the way it goes sometimes, Barker. And good old boy Drew is joining us. Hi, everybody. How about that? Um, so our sip segments are about wine, distilled uh, spirits, tea, and coffee. I can't even read my own copy. Driver moose scotch in the time. Here's what we're going to discuss in this segment, other than Barger being slow. It's going to be talking about vermouth. How about that? You know, we need just like a little bit of Italian song, you know, through this. We're going to cover a bit of some background on this misunderstood wine-based beverage and our favorite cocktails using vermouth. And Carrie Ann's going to tell us what cocktails we're going to go through. 
Mm. So today we're going to uh, discuss cocktails we've all made for each other. In case you hadn't guessed, we've been drinking. Uh, <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> uh, so we have the 50-50 martini, uh, the classic Negroni. Yes. The Marianito. Ooh. I did it. We have a Vucare. Almost. <laughs> An Aborto Viejo. And... Um, you might call it being held at gunpoint, but Barger's <laughs> calling it a green point. Green point. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it. So uh, we have a, a wide range of vermouth forward cocktails to go through today. So we're going to talk about the vermouth mostly as we go through this discussion. Now, uh, a lot of you have probably made a wide range of cocktails uh, with vermouth. We've gone after a combination of some things that are very popular. And some things that maybe you have not made those particular choices, you know, to do with vermouth. We're actually going to talk a little bit more intensive about the vermouth that we've selected for these particular cocktails as we go along. Now, Drew gets the honor of going over our sips ratings for day because I asked who had the base fake Italian accent at the uh, <laughs> who could use the their table. words right, and uh, he said, "I have at the table for you, uh, Mister Drew. Will you leave? Will you please?" Uh, Arita, the sips ratings are for us. Hey, hey, forget about it. <laughs> so today, you wise guys, quit. Quiet over there. Oh, he's gone. He's gone. Godfather. On sips rating number one. <laughs> <laughs> you give me a glass of water to wash out of my mouth. <laughs> Joe Vito. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> number two. It's uh, number two. Uh, hey, uh, nice. But uh, what do you have? What, what else do you have? Nice. <laughs> Hey, uh, number three, uh, is, uh, mm, this is interesting. Uh, what was this again? Interesting. Hey, let's, uh, let's uh, keep uh, this a secret. This is uh, number four. Pour me another. That's classified. Is from Transylvania? Is that an Italian? <laughs> hey, hey. Oh, my. It's in the same region. I was wondering where anything could be. That this is good. Oh this is good. Yeah, right there. Right, right yeah. there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so how do we want to rate Drew? Just like from one to five, like Italians, you know, the trains I'm ran on your favorite negative number. Okay. Solid, bless your heart. The yeah. trains ran on time. Yes, <laughs> yeah. once again, I'm telling you that we have reinforced being banned. You know, once again. So, thank you, Drew. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Juliana's going to take us through some background on vermouth. Uh, letting us know. Please appropriate an accent for this. Yeah, you know, tell us all about this fortified wine. Uh, okay. So for those that are the uneducated, vermouth is a fortified wine that is flavored with a variety of herbs and spices and original recipes. It is traditionally made in two major styles, dry, which is the white vermouth version, and sweet, which is the red vermouth version. Dry vermouth, originating in France, is famously used for making martinis and is dry and floral. Sweet vermouth, on the other hand, usually comes from Italy and is sweet, spiced, and herbal, and kind of bitter sometimes, and is used in cocktails like Manhattans and Negronis. Dry and sweet vermouths are also enjoyed as an aperitif. Since vermouth is a fortified wine, it is slightly high in alcohol than compared to a non-fortified wine. All right, so some fast facts about vermouth. You can find it in three main regions of production, Italy, France, the United States, I would say that Spain has been left off this list, perhaps. I would um, agree with that. Yeah. But, you know, yep. we'll, we'll go there. Um, it is claimed that it is originating in Italy, but I am sure that there are some 
French and Spanish people that would probably we headed first. be very angry, <laughs> very angry about that. Um, sweetness can vary widely between very sweet to very dry, and the color can also widely vary between very pale gold to a dark brown red. Obviously, dry versus sweet makes a big difference in the color and sweetness. Every vermouth recipe is slightly different, as good old girl Juliana let us know. But there are, of course, the two main styles of dry and sweet vermouth. Parker's going to tell us all about dry vermouth or the types of vermouth. Well, I don't know if I'm the best one to do this, but I'll do it. Dry vermouth is also known as white vermouth. <laughs> or French oh, I'm vermouth. sorry. Yeah, Did I hit yeah, the wrong right, button right. there? Yeah. <laughs> Kick him out. All right. It's often clear or very pale yellow in color. The name dry signifies the flavor profile, and it often contains just 5% sugar. Uh, it, it's a blend of botanicals, pairs well with gin to make classic martinis. Sweet vermouth is also known as red vermouth or Italian vermouth. Thanks to its color and origin, it is significantly sweeter profile than dry vermouth, and it can include up to 15% sugar. That's what makes it sweet. So it's not intense as sweet liqueurs or amaretto, sweet vermouth can also have notable vanilla aroma mixed with notes of spices and herbs. Spicy. Making it a perfect pair with dark spirits like whiskey or brandy. Uh, although it's more common to see red sweet vermouth, uh, a white version labeled as Bianco or Blanc, as it's also produced. Hmm. So the taste and flavor profiles of vermouth can vary widely depending on the style and the maker. Dry vermouths are light-bodied and low in tannin and can have floral, herbal, and fruity nose and flavor profile with a bracingly dry finish. Bracingly. Bracingly. Brace yourselves. (laughs) Sweet vermouths are often medium-bodied with some (laughs) tannins and tend to exhibit Dark fruit, spice, vanilla, caramel, cocoa, and herbs. I think that is in every single cocktail we have in front of us tonight, for sure. Uh, almost every right? Almost. Some of us were outside the box. Hmm. <laughs> there was a box? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because Correct. of the flavors I love boxes. sweetness of boxes can range so widely. <laughs> It's best to taste a number of quality vermouths to find your favorite. I thought this was a family show. So we have a grapes uh, and the wine region uh, derived from the ancient Rome and the recipe. Make it stop. Antonio (laughs) Beninato Capano of Turin. That's why it's called Campari. (laughs) So (laughs) Italia made the first sweet vermouth in 1786. That's what you were frightening the English at about this time. And this the way he's uh, reading this. <laughs> so dry vermouth uh, come from along of the 1813 was created by a Joseph Nolly of France. We need Both a of these. <laughs> we need the button. We need the button. <laughs> okay. That's the one. Thank, Thank you. you. Yes, really. Yes. I, can, I know I, once again. I can hit this. You know? <laughs> I'm not the only one that's a Transylvanian Both of these names can still be found two among the most popular blends of Vermouth produced today. Vermouth was originally with a mid-kika tongue and intoxicating qualities quickly lifting off in the favorite aperitif. Oh my. So... Now you're an Italian grandmother? Yes. I was thinking more like Hungarian, you know? 
Babushka. So, vermouth is made <laughs> using a wide variety of grapes from a long list of wine regions. So, with a range of growing conditions and harvest, wine is turned into vermouth by aromatizing wine with botanicals, then fortifying it with a small, see, small amount of, <laughs> of, of distilled spirit, like brandy. Unlike the way that Barger produces Greenpoint, which would obliterate everything within a 500-yard radius. I told you I came to party. <laughs> yes. So the wines are usually aged and comprise at least 75% of the mix, making vermouth this closely guarded process. There are many producers, and each uses its own recipe of herbs and botanicals using chamomile, coriander, genetine, juniper, saffron, sage, and warm did he just say gentine? He did. I'm not sure what that is. Very close Gen- to the gentian. <laughs> gentian. I'm sorry. We're gonna. It's on the bottom of the fruit. And warm wood. Some vermouth <laughs> is finished by aging it for a few weeks or next months. To the box. I think that we're probably aged a little too much. Right next to the box. Barger's gonna tell us about uh, food pairings. Let's do this. Dry and sweet vermouths are both excellent aperitifs. Serve with a small tapas style bites of salty ham, fragrant shrimp, or fried anchovies. Ugh, not for me. Driver mousse are also paired well with funky cheeses. We'll be right back after this break. Hey, welcome back to Sip Suds and Smokes. On today's episode, other than making fun of Barger, we're going to let him tell us all about vermouth food pairings uh, that he was going through before we hit the break there. Tell us I about your salty the food cheese. you love the most with vermouth. Oh. Let me tell you, dry vermouths <laughs> also pair well with funky cheeses, while sweet vermouths complement dry, salty cheetahs. Cheeses? Cheetahs? Or cheetahs. <laughs> I can't use my words today. Cheetahs like are endangered, aren't they? Paracornio? Is that what that is? All right. Dry vermouth can also be used in place of white wine when cooking. Uh, straight vermouth should be poured in three ounce servings, served chilled in a cocktail glass or a tumbler over a cube of ice. Hmm. A twist of lemon or orange helps bring out the flavor in vermouth, hmm. which I agree. I like how Barger's, uh, you know, raised the bar on people that have a fifth grade education. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's right. is going to tell us about aye. some pretty common cocktails and some of which are in our lineup today. Yeah, so vermouth is best known as a ingredient or an additive in a bunch of cocktails. Um, like unleaded? I love vermouth on its own, and if you can't drink it by itself, it shouldn't go in your cocktail. There folks. you go. So martinis have uh, a bit of dry vermouth and gin or vodka, or gin and vodka at the same time. Cowabunga. <sighs> martinis. can do it. Uh, proportions can be adjusted based on the drinker's taste, as we'll discover shortly. Driver, dry martinis are made with less vermouth. Bone dry typically means not really. Um, you can have a whisper of vermouth, which would be just a little uh, spray across the top. Um, Manhattans are made with sweet vermouth. Uh, gives the cocktail its signature blend of flavors. And my favorite Negroni is a bitter and lightly sweet cocktail that is equal parts of gin, Campari, and sweet vermouth. Um, there are tons of cocktails where you just switch out that base spirit. Uh, so a Boulevardier replaces the gin with whiskey, um, and you can use just about any base spirit in that combination. It's going to be delicious. I love a Mezcal uh, Negroni style. 
Um, so Vucre is a New Orleans version of a Manhattan. The whiskey is supplemented with cognac and a little Benedictine. Kiss. Well, thanks for uh, that's a bit of a background that we have around Vermouth. I hopefully you learn just one or two things, you know, along the way about what Vermouth is. I think probably the most surprising thing is that you cannot describe vermouth as being one flavor profile other than sweet or dry. Um, the products that we've used in these cocktails are very good representation of just how broad, you know, that can be for sure. So it's I see a lot like of ads. Gin, which is why it pairs so beautifully with gin. Yeah. They're all over the place. You guys so- can throw that Campari in the trash, though. Okay. As far as I'm concerned, hmm. Let's oh, see. Oh, once again, yeah. Yeah. we might yeah. throw you in the trash first. <laughs> I like it with the, with yeah. the fresh fruit shells. Okay, win them all, guys. I'm just saying. Yeah. So we're going to start off with uh, Carrie Ann's going to lead us off with the 50-50 cocktail. She's going to tell us a little bit about the background of the products that she chose, especially the vermouth. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the cocktail, kind of rate it up um, as well for you guys as well. Take it away. Okay. Um, Yeah, so I chose two Spanish ingredients today. A 50-50 cocktail, unsurprisingly, like its name, is just 50% of vermouth and 50% of gin. Shaking the hell out of and getting some nice dilution in it. So the 50-50 cocktail for me, I love to keep in the freezer by the court. And so my very dear friend Benjamin taught me how to pre-dilute and do this so that there's always a quart of martinis in the freezer. Dangerous situation. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) However, if you're just making it at home, it's really quite easy. (laughs) I loved her already, but there is a whole new level of love, you know, that's come around, you know, Uh. for this. It's like... Wow. You the know. shaking's I mean, half the fun. My 50-50 martini was like low alcohol because <laughs> it was less gin. So if you're making a 10-ounce martini, it's only five ounces of gin instead of, you know, nine and a half. This is my reasoning. However, 50-50 martini really does put vermouth as the star of the show. So you want a great vermouth. And I am using the Casamira Sol, which is a Spanish vermouth with uh, the Mahone gin and so these are both spanish products they work great together um there are several others that i really love uh combinations um the freeland navy navy strength gin which i didn't feel like sharing with these retards tonight that's our word i would have shared it with you, you. can't use that um i think it goes <laughs> great which is like the most classic dolan dry vermouth and then um i really love the gray whale with the lo-fi vermouth so there's all kinds of combinations um depending on the gen and the vermouth you're using you can come up with some really different flavors and i'm just a big fan of this as a super refreshing summer drink that you can drink all year round make a bathtub full of it i think that is a great way of describing it in fact uh the tasting notes that i put around this was the very first words i wrote were super clean you know it's just very emblematic of something that you can just spell it it really can uh work well to just completely you know uh clean out your palate and i just 
the only thing that I was disappointed in was just I didn't have a second one. <laughs> that <laughs> was the only thing around. <laughs> I, just, I was just. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, with these, I always choose a lemon twist so it has a little bit of that um, oil to sit on top, but it has to be like super frozen if you're making it one at a time. You want to shake it until your arm just can't shake anymore and then shake yeah. it some more. I think that it would be good colder. I agree with that. Yeah. I, th- I put it, it was good, but it was too dry for me. I'm not, uh, as we all know, I'm not a vermouther. Does that mean extra vermouth or less or more? So, more. <laughs> so, but I think colder, it would have been awesome. I don't think that, think that it, even with some ice in it, it would have mellowed out that dryness of the of the vermouth. Yeah, if you're making or ordering this cocktail, it should have that like layer of yeah. shaved ice, ice right on yeah. top of yeah. it. It should be. You should be seeing the ice frozen on the outside mm-hmm. of the shaker. You know when you should not be able to feel your hand when yep. you're done. I yep. agree. Yeah, <laughs> I that's, agree. A, that's a very good trick. You know, around this, the uh, choice of fruit was lemons, lemons, and more lemons. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. It mm-hmm. really complemented the gin extraordinarily well. Yeah, yeah. I was agree. Percent. The gin was great. Yeah, because this is a wine, a grape-based gin, as well as the vermouth. I think this is just a great pairing. I love these two things together. Mm. Juliana, what'd you think? I absolutely loved it. It had this like little creaminess at the end, which I was intrigued about. Yeah, I wasn't expecting. That was my personal love. Mm. Gotcha. But she didn't wash her hands. So refreshing, so easy. And I don't know, when I think of Spain, I think of lemon citrus anyways. And I just thought this was like a really great classic pairing and um just something I could drink gallons of. Yeah. I could For totally sure. get in trouble. Just a with quart. This. I don't recommend more than a quart. No, I, I agree. You know, so uh, what do you guys think here about the uh, 50-50 that Carrie Ann made tonight? <gasps> Winner! Wow, how about that? Uh, so, cheers! Oh my <laughs> in the summer, yeah. a solid yeah. five, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm even going to say it was my personal best of the flight. So, and you know, my my drink was in the flight. So, it, I mean, it's so simple, but it's just it so really good. Is. But you know, the thing is, Carrie Ann, is that I have had a bunch of fifty fifties that absolutely screw everything up. You know, they the Particular it has products, to be diluted. It has to. It has to have that certain balance between all of those components to really work well. And then, you know, we talk about this on a wide range of things, both with beer or wine or you know any any kind of cocktail. That the more simple the ingredients, the less you have to hide behind. You know, yeah. and so you really have to make sure that the things that you're working with are Quality working products. really, really well, together. you know, in great harmony. Yeah. yeah, I would I would love to say you could put any gin and any driver no. together and you can't. And nope. I no. have done the research for you people. You don't have to. I have made this. I've made 50-50s <laughs> probably a good 20 or 30 times. And I have not even come remotely close to what Carrie Ann has put together here. I love the choice of the Mahone. It was on the Gen Show. If you want to go back and listen to that episode, it was actually in the Big Gen Taste Off. And we actually talked a, an awful lot about Spanish gins, which there was a Spanish gin that won. The, mm-hmm. the, you know, Van de Gander was I didn't amazing, have any of that to work with. You know, uh, but there are still a lot of great Spanish gins. We're going to talk about uh, another one with actually two more Spanish gins in the cocktails we have tonight. So... I just thought it was especially fun because they're both great based. That, that see, if it nice was me, pairing. I would put like a like a a little hint of ginger in it. You know that has everything to do with a martini. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah sure. 
Do you, do you like that in your cosmopolitan too? Yeah. I, pinky out. <laughs> I was actually thinking that I would have really enjoyed it with uh, lemongrass as well. Mm. In maybe in addition to or or instead of the, the lemon because I I really like the pairing. But for yeah, sure. is there a lemongrass bitter? No, but I was actually thinking. Have to work on yeah. I think the thing one. I was floating, yeah. you know, was, copyright. You know, to actually float uh, <laughs> like Saint Germain, you know, right off the top of this. That's what that, I'm saying. Like uh, a little, yeah. just a that would have been. That sweetness would be weird. No, no, no. you don't want to drown it. Just like a, a little, line. just a drop. No. If, if, if just, yeah. just a hint. A lavender bitter, I think. Yeah, would like do, a dash. Would yeah, do that's a, a good similar. choice. But seriously, more research to come. Oh, yeah. I, I'm telling you, you guys should steal this, this recipe. I would make these I all mean, day long. It's a 50 for sure. 50. It's not much of a recipe to steal. Yeah. So I'm going to go through the Negroni next. Uh, so this cocktail has been around for about 100 years. It's pretty simple. It's equal parts gin, sweet vermouth, and Campari. I'll talk a little bit about my personal choices for each in a second, but here's some quick background on a Negroni. The story of Negroni begins with Cafe Cassonini. Cassoni in Florence. There's no documented, by the way, I'm going to mispronounce it at least 20 words, you know, in this. So you can keep count. I don't think they're new if they're listening, Mike. Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, there's, no, there's a running tally. It's there's online. No, there's no documented historical account of the number of words I'm going to mispronounce in this. So it's a believed to be cocktailians that uh, Count Camilo Negroni invented the drink when he ordered an Americano made with gin in place of the usual soda water. It was a success, and not long after that, the Negroni family founded the Negroni Distillery, which produced a ready-to-drink version of the cocktail that they called Antico Negroni 1919. So, yep, it's named after a person. It's also something akin to discovering galaxies. If it's yours, you get to discover it. Yes, even good old boy Mike has named a cocktail. It's called the menage a trois or panty grease so you can look it up in our back catalog there's actually a link on our episode uh as well so uh we have some variations on the white negroni and the barrel aged negroni or some other versions of negroni i've made some hundreds of combinations and i will tell you that i am always going for the perfect balance in this cocktail i tend to increase the gin and back off on the campari so those are kind of a couple of common trends that I tend to do. And I usually use a bit more ice than usual. I tend to like crushed ice, which is an unusual choice because it actually speeds up the dilution. And you like to chew it, don't you? I love to <laughs> inhale them. Um, and that's the problem with this cocktail. So it's not a lingering sipping kind of cocktail. So it's, it's fairly booze forward. Um, <laughs> I say that. And then when you read, you know, when but you hear about some of these other ones, booze. <laughs> yes, I know. But you know, I really have to give a quick shout out to, uh, De Maison importers for getting us these products for this episode. So thank you guys. I appreciate you getting the vermouth and the gin that we're going to go through in this combo. My gin choice is called the BCN gin. It's actually a Spanish gin, which I tend to think I of. that was a Korean pop group. No. <laughs> no, that's boys to no, men. That's boys. Oh, boys to men. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. It's a different group. I tend to think of Spanish gins as actually being a bit citrus forward. You think that's true, Drew? I would say that anything from the Mediterranean coast of Spain is going to have citrus elements. Yeah. You know, let's say the Sevilla oranges. I mean, uh, you know. Well, 
So a lot of people don't know, know you can that, say that across the board, though. I mean, there's... well, but when I don't You're think right. from a geographic perspe- perspective, so a lot of people don't know that Chin actually originated in Sicily. Um, and, you know, so it's at the end of the boot and you have <laughs> so you have a lot of it's it tends to be, you know, like, very, like very citrus down. forward. Yeah. yeah. So hot volcanic soils like there's yeah, not a ton so, of stuff that grows there malfi is one of the you know kind of the the diehard standards you know from that region that you can get in a lot of places but there are other spanish-based gins that are just kind of right there you know next to you know the end of the boot in italy that tend to have some very similar profile because it's the variety of lemons, you know, that uh, they tend to eat and the fruit that they have in the area. We got as well. the Maya lemons. Yes, that would be the Maya lemons. That's correct. You know what they say? When life gives you lemons, you make gin. Yep. <laughs> so, well, what do you do uh, with the cardamom? A, yeah. <laughs> It's important. Here's a bit of background on BCN. It's a passion of the design for the Barcelona resident and a master of spirit, Stefan Lisman, who learned the art of distillation in his native Belgian. So they took a brewer and they stuck him in Spain and he made great gin. Sure. Stefan has surrounded himself with an incredibly lively and talented community of collaborators, or I'm sorry, contributors to the project in both Parat and Barcelona. Among them are Norel Robertson, Master of Wine, and Philippe Girot, Master Distiller. I'm sorry it if I mispronounced I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. Both of whom had the highest standards for selecting materials and distillation. Stefan, who runs a speakeasy in Barcelona called in the Pub uh, Sec Neighborhood. Let's go. Neighborhood? <laughs> I'm there. Neighborhood, <laughs> which serves an artistic cup. That's really what well, they describe it in. Like you had to book a flight. I like it. Bringing his community of artists, musicians, and wine lovers together. There are a lot okay. of little speakeasies all over Barcelona. Yeah, so, sure. Yeah, it's kind of cool. We're there. Let's trip. Let's go. Sip, 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 so trip right my now. Vermouth, you really were just wandering into people's living rooms, weren't you? So I've talked about the gin <laughs> a lot. I really want to talk about the vermouth, which is, and I'm sorry if I'm I mispronouncing like his last here. name, which is Fred Herbe. Um, 25. So, Frederico Fred uh, Crimiso is a remarkable young producer of vermouth, bitter, amaro, and gin. Fernet in the town of Polchinigal and uh, in the uh, area called Frioli. Um, so I wrote that out phonetically and I still screwed it up. And anyway, hey, I wasn't going to comment on it. If you want to give us some free subscriptions, we'll take them. <laughs> I've read it 10 times. I've had enough to drink. Is that what they make Frito Lays? You know, uh, you could call him an herbalist. He devises recipes for his products with a combination of botanicals, some forage wild nearby, some grown by him, some uh, brought in from other areas, and then he creates elixirs from these botanicals using various methods of extraction. Uh, there are 25 different botanicals in this vermouth, as prescribed by an old Italian recipe, including three different varieties of wormwood, two of orange, uh, gentian, 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 thank you, uh, root, and uh, chicona bark and angelica. Wow. More gin at table five. Easy for you to say. Oh, give me all those things. It's like Amaro. <laughs> I know. So when I wrote this out, I'm like, I wonder who's going to be swooning when I tell her all about the Fred Herbace. It's going to be Juliana. She's going to look over me going, I want this guy's personal email. I'm willing to give up my personal relationship, you know, with some of my beer buddies. It tastes like feet. I know she loves feet. (laughs) 
I'm telling you. So she's she's going to be. Did you just don't say kink feet? shame here, Carrie. Just Ann. take out no, the no restraining order here. now. There's actually another version of the smooth called 16, but it was the 25 uh, that I actually chose here because I thought it was his first and his best creation. So here is my Negroni recipe, really quick. Um, that I'm going to go through after the break, and we're going to sip a bit more um, around this. And uh, you guys can check out the vermouth. Well, what do you guys think so far of, you know, kind of the vermouth? I know you're passing it around. Oh, that's there. so delicious. I it know. is, and it's it's very Amaro, Amari ish to me. I know. Oh. I was just smelling it and accidentally leaned in to smell the and microphone. We'll be right so. back <laughs> after this break. Just throw that out there. Hey, welcome back to Sips of the Smokes. On today's episode, we're going through a set of vermouth cocktails. We've gone through the 50-50 and the Negroni, almost. I was just going to go through the recipe for the perfect Negroni, at least mine anyway. So I use a Florida navel orange for the peel garnish. So that's one thing you're going to need. You're going to need a rocks glass. You want to fill it with crushed ice. You are going to use the following proportions. Two ounces of Fred Hermain, 25 vermouth. Double it. Two ounces of BCT gin, and one ounce of Campari. So put all those together in that order. Give it one gentle stir, and then garnish it with an orange peel that spritz and insert it vertically into uh, the glass itself. Stir. So just one quick stir. That's all. Not like stir, stir. It's just one gentle stir. Stir crazy over here. So a couple of lessons <laughs> that I've learned here with uh, this recipe. Yes, the order of the liquids is intentional with heavier products on the bottom. That way you tend to mix them better when you tip the glass back. Um, also a simple stir. Um, you can enjoy every part better. So when you shake it up or agitate the beverage, it actually becomes lighter on the palate and it's not quite as good. Uh, don't rub the peel on the rim or the orange peel oils will actually make the beverage even more bitter than it is already. And always make two of these at a time because someone will taste yours and then they'll want one of their own. So uh, please steal this recipe. Enjoy it as you would with a good friend or on your own as well. So what'd you guys think of the Negroni? Classic. Solid. Super. <laughs> reminded me of reminded me of one of the first times that uh, I had a Negroni because it was a similar temperature outside. Yeah, I liked it a lot better before I had to listen to all of that. What's funny is I I steer away I'll from Campari. That. I always steer away from Campari if I'm out like having drinks with people. Any drink that's got Campari, and I steer, I hate the flavor of it. I don't like it. It's just not my jam. Okay, that's fair. Do you not but, like insects? <laughs> come again. <laughs> Do you not like insects? Oh. It's not what I heard you say. <laughs> that's not what I heard either. Well, I'm right. that sorry that all yeah. the rest of you are. All right. Well, it's fine. <laughs> all right. Um, but this Negroni that you made is pretty pretty tasty. Wow. That's high praise coming yeah. from Barger. He's he's not a Campari fan. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that. Well, I love a Negroni, and I think you can take those equal proportions but depending on what you're putting in it you've got to you've got to know what those strong flavors are and how to balance them out so i i think this is a really nicely yeah. balanced Absolutely. yeah exactly. I definitely th go ahead no go ahead i was just gonna say i definitely think high quality ingredients really make the difference as in a negroni you just pick up at a bar 
you know. But not all high quality ingredients are going to be like make the right complimentary. Yeah, right. No, I mean, really know like where those those flavor strengths are coming in and what can complement underneath it. Exactly, because on paper a Negroni looks like a, just a very easy, simple drink to make. But mm-hmm. it did. I, I know, but the simplest things that look good on paper aren't exactly don't easy translate. to screw up too. exactly yeah so to make a really really good negroni you need to know what melts together and what doesn't but to be clear it's hard to make a bad negroni but yes. you can make like an out of this world negroni. i've had dozens and, yeah, of yeah, bad I would put negronis. this one in that an category average. even though it hurts sure. my feelings what's your rating here for the negroni fine wow <laughs> Barger's out. I'm going to give it a solid four. So, thank you, everybody. I'm uh, I'm glad you guys uh, enjoyed the Negroni that I made. Oh, wait. I would have actually been a four because I was reading what my my rank was, not my rating. (laughs) Your microphone number? My bad. Sorry, we have a limited amount of time, and we only have three more uh, cocktails to go through. Let's go through the Marianito with uh, Juliana. Yes, please. Okay. So, I went Spain. Because I like I, I I'm in We're a all Spanish, in a Spanish mood. mood right now. Well, it yeah, it's it's just a thing to do. So the marinito is very classic. It's using two and a half ounces of vermouth. In this case, I used a nice Padron Co. Rojo Amarco. So for those of you that don't know me, I am a big fan of Amari, like all day long. So this gives me that vibe of Amaro without being quite Amaro. There's a little bit of a Campari and then there's the um, Rivas Gin. And I think it's just a classic cocktail. I love it. It has a little like Coca-Cola vibe to it. That Amaro-ness, mm-hmm. yes. Wow. That is so wild. That is exactly what I wrote down as well. Um, you know, so I actually wrote down, it has kind of a cola quality to it. Um, I love the balance of sweetness and bitterness, you know, in this. That is the thing that I really, you know, really caught me off guard. But yeah, absolutely. Somebody said, yeah, I'm looking for something that has a cola-like quality, you know, but I'm really looking for a cocktail. Boom. This is it, you know, for and sure. That's, and that's really what, what like, brought me to this cocktail is it's got that amaroness to it, but it's the vermouth that's really shining in this. Yeah. So the thing that... Caught my attention in the vermouth choice that uh, Juliana made here was it really has this very intense bitter finish to it. And, you know, the vast majority of some of the cocktails we have, you're actually infusing it with bitters, you know. And And I really don't have to. Yeah. I mean, there's a. That's the interesting, you know, part about this. Yeah. It kind of brings everything to the table. Yeah. There's a hint of Angostura, but not much. Hmm. Just enough to round it out. Yeah, exactly. See, this was a big note for me. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, I, I I don't have to be, you know, I don't have to be right all the time. It's fine. I liked it very much as a, uh, a it definitely Someone bitters forward. Someone has to be the slow one. <laughs> it, it's definitely bitters forward, but there was a almost a palate cleansing sort of nature to it in that, like, I would absolutely love it as a, you know, a, a slushy. I was aperitif. thinking mm. as a slushy. It would be aperitif. amazing. Um, I, I wouldn't like it. I wouldn't. I would not mind it pre or post dinner. You know, either before a heavy meal or after having something nice and sweet. I kind of like dessert. it. You know, fully diluted. You know, mm-hmm. now here in my glass, a little bit better. You know, than I did initially. I'll try it again. Which is what a slushy would do to it. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's right up here. The uh, Marinita. 
Let's right. see here. Oh, I, <laughs> I'm going to give it a solid four. That's classified. Thank you very much. Great, uh, great cocktail uh, for sure. And I, I really love the choices, you know, that uh, Juliana uh, made around this. So next up, we're going to go through the uh, Vucare and the AKA Bordet Viejo. Did I say that wrong? I mean, it's not even remotely close. I made it up, really. Um, so if you don't know me at all, um, I was a bartender for a long time. I love classic cocktails. Vucare was one of the first ones I was turned on to um, when I was trying to get away from old fashioned Manhattan, what have you. Um, but you know, it's, it's really simple. It's just equal parts, um, rye whiskey, um, cognac and sweet vermouth with a little bit of Benedictine and, uh, equal parts, Peychaud's and Angostura. Um, I used uh, Spanish vermouth again with the Spain, uh, Izaguirre, which I probably murdered the pronunciation of, uh, Rojo. Just get online. And then, um, <laughs> I used uh, an off-the-shelf rye whiskey, River Set, uh, which is a Tennessee uh, 95.5. I wanted to use something because vermouth should be forward uh, in the cocktail, you know, but also something that was easily, you know, acquired uh, if you don't have River Set available, any 95.5 would work, but I did like the 93 proof. And then for the cognac, I just used a Martel VS. um, Mm. It, you know, you, you uh, do it in a mixing glass, stirred, strain over fresh ice or strained into uh, uh, an empty glass as a, an up cocktail. I prefer it up. Um, it's, you know, Manhattan, if you wanted just a little more sweetness, um, you know, you like cognac, but you like rye whiskey too, and you want to have both. Uh, it literally stands to say Vieux Carré is the old square i believe which is the french quarter in new orleans it was the the square of where mm-hmm. the uh, french military set up the uh the town uh center but it also I did pay attention during that part of the tour it also translates <laughs> to old edge which say carré is edge uh sword if you will um so i like to riff on classic cocktails because they get annoying or old and so I made a tequila-inspired version. I use uh, Centenario Anejo. Um, I use uh, Cruz Condi, another Spanish vermouth. Um, and then uh, Manzanilla Sherry with uh, some PX instead of the Benedictine. Um, and, you know, you can taste them side by side. They're both very different drinks. They were. Um, but you can get sort of elements of, of either. And, and if you tell people, oh, hey, you know, this was inspired by this. And, and I swapped this ingredient for this and this for this. And it's like, oh, you know, and people can understand and you can ex- expand uh, your own abilities as a bartender and learn how flavors play. I think the one thing every time I make a Vucre that I am spend a lot of time thinking about the choice of cognac and not the vermouth. And I think that is the classic mistake that a lot of people make. And I love where you have chosen a cognac that is just not competing with the vermouth here at all, right? And yeah, that's what I really that's love. Subtle. Yeah. I specifically yeah. went for the Martel. It's classic. It's inexpensive. It's not getting in the way. And that's what I really love about this is that, you know, I think the cognac can come over and go, oh, yeah, I'm here. You know, and just 
completely, you know, steal the entire taste profile Too much all, all into itself. Yeah. And I yeah. like the Kool-Aid man. Yeah. Oh, and that's yeah. what I really love about the choice of vermouth, you know, that you have here. So I really liked it. I liked that drink a lot. You liked which version? I like the Vukare. I didn't. I didn't care for the darker, the the, uh, the tequila. Yeah, yeah, I didn't care I, for that one. I like the riff a little lot more better. Yeah, <laughs> it would be interesting to use uh, some interesting mezcal choices. It reminds me of this. like a sarsaparilla kind of. Really bring a whole lot of earth into this, you know. And, and I also went with a Centenario and Yeho specifically because <sighs> that tequila is a little less refined maybe um pungent well you know it's it's not gonna it's not gonna overpower anything else in the drink and it's not going to be overpowered by mm, cost or that would be my challenge you know to you like the vodka tequila yeah yeah juliana what do you think about this real quick i think it's great now granted i like the bougie version of it little bit more but that's that tequila mm. sort of like sting that makes it a little juice like it yeah. you know mm. but i think it's a good classic cocktail well, let's rate this up and uh, keep moving along here so wait which one are we rating the well we're gonna do his version which is the tequila uh, version, you know? so i'm gonna call it a solid four all right Sounds good. We have time for I'm one more cocktail. <laughs> you are, yes, she's keeping track. Barger, why don't you tell us about the Green Point here, real quick? Well, it's a variation on the uh, the Manhattan. Uh, it was created in New York by legendary milk and honey bar Michael McElroy in Woo! 2006. I'm a fan of him. Named for the Brooklyn Nabe. It uh, keeps the same general template of spirit, vermouth, liqueur, and bitters. But with a couple of changes, it calls for sweet vermouth rather than dry and a bittersweet cherry flavored Marciano and French aperitif. Uh, Amar Picon are removed in the flavor of the yellow chartreuse. So what products did you pick here for your grain point? So I've got um, a Western rye, which is a MGP rye. That is correct. Yeah. Um I've got a chartreuse, the yellow that's chartreuse. The name, that's the name of the bottler that chose that yes. MGP rye. Yes. Yeah. It's called Western. Oh, it's yeah. called Western. It's like in a baseball. But it, but I chose it a little hot, so this one was 120 per. That is an understatement. Yeah. It's awesome. Agreed. Yeah. And, um, With both of them. It's also got yellow chartreuse. Yeah. And um, there's a sweet vermouth. Was it yellow or green? It's yellow. It's oh, yellow. I missed that. Yeah, okay. it's yellow vermouth. Yellow chartreuse okay um and i went with a sweet vermouth at tasali i think that's how you don't say don't drink it. the yellow vermouth no the tribute <laughs> the tribune i went with a tribune sweet vermouth um and it i put a dash of angostura bitters and uh it's it also called for um you know what i'm gonna back that up i put a dash of orange bitters in it and instead of angostura bitters because i'm not a huge angostura bitter fan oh <gasps> I like them in certain applications, but not in this one. Is it the paper? It is the paper. It's just too hard to open. I knew it was the paper. They child-proofed it. I couldn't do it. So the star of this recipe absolutely is the rye. You know, <laughs> absolutely. You would choose in this recipe because this and the is barrel aged bitters. very biz, very booze forward. And, uh, you know, I love the the vermouth is what I called like a kiss right across the top of the of the cocktail. That's the way I described it. It's not a full blown spritz, um, but it's it's something that it's there. It's there to remind you to say this is not all 
uh, you yeah. know, just straight up rye. Yeah. Um, but it is a very boost forward. Wait, is this like the two ninety nine vermouth? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Although That's I am cheap. Uh, wow. Listen, listen yeah, I am cheap, four. but this is this was <laughs> right. I think the price point on this was nine ninety nine. Well, and that's you know, part of why, you know, I described now, this it. is one of the vermouths you can find in just about everywhere. Any. Right. Yeah. Possibly yeah. even on an airplane. If yeah. I was going to have to buy one that I could find anywhere, that's in the top two that I yeah. would. So what else Noe did you Pratt. guys think about I the like Green Dolan Point cocktail and Pratt, Yeah, I was really happy with how the rye blended the hot rye. Drink. I would not like, call it a blend. Um, definitely, yeah. <laughs> definitely rye I forward. I felt blended after yes. I added. Uh, the, <laughs> bamboozled again. <laughs> the bitters are there. Um, I had a hard time tasting the chartreuse just because the rye was so hot. And I love chartreuse. Um but that yeah, said, I would love to I see this like a little more like chilled, aka diluted, and see how the flavors play. I, I actually, I actually backed the off the chartreuse pretty, a little bit. It called for a half yeah, ounce, and I went with a quarter. Yeah, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying to yeah. water down the rye more yeah. than anything. Mm. Okay, so I'm going to be the outlier here, and I really enjoyed it. Ooh, because maybe it was just mine that I got that had that chartreuse, but I had that like viscosity uh-huh. at the end that just made me happy. But I'm a big fan of chartreuse. That's awesome. Let's rate this up real quick. One to five. So looks like I'm going to go with a solid four here on the green point. Wow. Welcome to Club Barger. Still the winner. (laughs) Hey, I want to thank our co-host for joining us on this episode of Sips Out in the Smokes. Good old gal, Juliana. Stay better and enjoy some vermouth. (laughs) Good old gal, Carrie Ann. Also known as the winner. Check me out. Straight up 615. All the places. (laughs) All the places. Good old boy, Barger. Yeah, I'm going to keep drinking and talk to you guys later. Yeah, not as slow as we thought. (laughs) Good old boy, Drew. I'm not as think as you drunk I am. (laughs) Hey, this is good old boy Mike asking you to come back and enjoy another exciting episode of Sip Suds and Smokes and to keep on sipping. Gulp. Gulp. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're listening to us online, do yourself a favor and tap. Just tap it in. The subscribe button. Give it a little tappy. The easiest way to listen to our show is to ask Siri, Alexa, Google, Uncle Larry, or whoever it is that talks to you on your phone. Play podcast Sip Suds and Smokes. We love your feedback, and you can reach us at info at sipsudsandsmokes.com. Our tasting notes flow out on Twitter and Instagram with our handle at Sip Suds and Smokes, and our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. You'll also be able to interact with the thousands, millions, and millions of other fans on those social media platforms. Do us a favor. Take the time to rate this episode if you're listening to us online. That's a big help to us, and we get to see your feedback as well. Come back, join us for another episode, and keep on sipping. Tan Hand production of Sip Suds and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time. (laughs) 